0: Got to hump day, middle of the weekday. Over the hill day, we are closer to Friday than we were on Monday. Six minutes after six on a Wednesday. Looking quickly at uh, what the uh, weather is looking like today. Mostly sunny, warm, 71. Tomorrow, some sun, then cloudy, 73. Friday, mostly cloudy, a thunderstorm floating around in the area. High of 73 currently across our area. Clear skies, 46 here in Little Rock. In Conway, 43. Cabot, 43. Hot Springs, 46. Pine Bluff is at a very nice 47 uh, degrees. You know, I w- the first thing I always do when I get up in the morning is I start looking at Fox News and uh, Daily Wire and Daily Caller and a lot of other different uh, uh, websites and pick up some of the different stories that are out there. And I saw one today that, uh, well, it kind of irritated me. I mean, we've got a piece that we'll play for you later on uh, from the uh, uh, pressure they had yesterday with the uh, task force on the coronavirus talking about the possibility of 100 to 250,000 deaths. Now, I want to put that in perspective for you. I'm not trying to play it down, okay? I'm not playing it down. There are 250, if it happens, that's 250,000 people. There are families. There are loved ones. There's all kinds of people that are going to be impacted uh, by those deaths. But you have to understand that if you do the math, if I'm not mistaken, that's less than 1% of the 350 million people that make up the United States, which is an incredible achievement as far as I'm concerned. But then I come across another article, this one from uh, a couple prominent scientists saying, well, look, the mitigation efforts uh, is holding things down right now. But as soon as they they release them, it's going to go up. Here's what I don't understand about an article like that. They're not taking into consideration some important uh, issues with that. And uh, we've got Dr. Tom Borelli joining us here in just a moment. Uh, First of all, let's say we release this stuff starting in May where the temperature is getting up higher, where most viruses that are respiratory uh, in a degree don't do well. So the, the virus starts being destroyed by the temperature. What about, uh, you know, we come around and uh, what kind of um, antiviral drugs will we have to attack this? And each day uh, that we can keep people from getting infected is another day we're closer to perhaps finding a vaccine. So you know, this whole thing of them saying, "Well, it's just going to be you're just pro, you know putting off the epidemic. I don't buy that." And uh, Dr. Tom Borrelli is with me. Tom, am I thinking wrong here?
1: Good morning, Dave. Tom Barilla here. You know, I wasn't sure where you were going, but you're spot on with your analysis, uh, your punchline there. Uh, no, no, absolutely. You know, the fact of the matter is there are a lot of unknowns. But what the government is really doing, especially under President Trump's leadership, is really buying time. And the buying time is really to test new uh, Devices and new medicines that can treat people if inflicted by the virus and then a vaccine down the line. So you're absolutely right. What we're doing now is buying time. Let me put it this way. Precious time. Yes. Because this is is the most important commodity. We can change a lot of things in life. One of the things we can't change is time. So to the extent that they're buying time, they're getting more medical equipment, they're training more doctors. Uh, I wrote a commentary for Newsmax recently talking about the number of new treatments and vaccines that are just on the horizon. In fact, they're being tested now in clinical trials. So even... Existing medicines, like they've been using the malaria drug, anti-malaria drug, uh, hydroxychloroquine, I mean, it's a, re- it's a cheap drug. Yes. If they find that the clinical trials are working now, we could be using that in a month or two or, or a couple of months for who needs it. And there's some thought that this, it may have some protective effect. So buying time is exactly what's important, and uh, I'm glad you uh, had that analysis. Well,
0: it, it just seems to me, you know, I'm, I'm tired of these doctors say this, these doctors say that. You know, there's so many unknowns that personally, you know, it seems like to me newspapers and, and uh, TV uh, stations and networks publicize this stuff and don't realize that it doesn't add up to a hill of beans as far as I'm concerned, but it scares the crap out of people.
1: Well, exactly. Now we live in a social media clickbait society where the more extreme you are as a... Actually, as an individual on Twitter, for example, uh, you you can get notoriety. You could find a few, you know, fringe doctors out there who want to get their name out there in, in the public light. And we know there's a ton of media where people can appear these days. So we have that other complicating factor of people really just serving self-serving needs. And, you know, as a scientist, and I spent many years in the lab. I do much more political commentary lately. Scientists... You, They really don't have a a lot of answers on the things, and they'll be very uncertain. You see, Dr. Fauci, maybe this, maybe that, and what does the media do? They grab the highest number Mm -hmm. and ignore all of his qualifications. And and that's what's really important. But the really good thing is, President Trump is, is providing great leadership early on. He banned and restricted travel from China. He did then follow that with Europe. He's got industries, corporations after corporations, really coming forward, stepping forward, stepping up, and producing ventilators, masks. It's a moving target. Today, the biggest debate is you wear a mask or not. I mean, that's, you know, it's evolving. There are no right answers. I mean, in the middle of March, New York City mayor... Bill de Blasio said, basically, come jump in the water. It's not a problem here. Two weeks later, he's, you know, sounding the fire alarm. But this is what happens when we're dealing in a world of uncertainty. We haven't faced a pandemic like this forever. I mean, forever, but, you know, since a long time. And, you know, again, I think priorities are going to be coming back into gear. We haven't heard about the climate change disaster lately, now have we? No. The world is going to end in 12 years because that was, you know, there's tons of uncertainty with that, yet they're willing to change, you know, our economies to address that. But the real focus always should be in in health and safety, and especially, you know, microbial diseases, viruses, My undergrads in microbiology. uh, These are things that, you know, I understood and always had a deep respect for, going back even to the Ebola uh, possible uh, crisis, which we did not have, thank God. And again, you know, this virus seems to be, in terms of its potency, seems to be very contagious, you know, much more than the flu, and it, if by all accounts, it seems to be more deadly. That number may come down when we test more people and find out there were a lot of people who had it but never had symptoms. But in a world of unknown, what are you going to do as a policymaker? You can, you, what you're not going to do is say, you know, all's fine, just do what you got to do and then, you know, pay the consequences of the media all over you with uh, why did you do this? And you're responsible for this many thousands of deaths. You see mm-hmm. that going on now with people blaming President Trump, whether it be Speaker Pelosi over the weekend, basically saying he's responsible for deaths or you know, Washington Post and embassy. MSNBC contributor Jennifer Rubin said, "Well, the death count because of Trump could be twice that of Vietnam, back yeah. to the military losses." So, you know, people are you know now politicizing this. That's why you need you know really rational analysis, rational thought to really educate the people. And I'm glad you're doing that.
0: Well, the guy that asked Fauci, uh, I guess it was Monday, did the president have blood on his hands? You got to be <laughs> right. kidding me! I mean, seriously. You know, this is beyond the pale about how the media acts. The media didn't act like this during World War II. I mean, what the crap's going on here? We should all be pulling together. I heard Kumo of CNN has been tested positive. I don't wish bad things on him, even though I think his political views are really screwed up. I want the guy to get well and be fine. I don't, you don't want to see him die. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and that's the exact opposite we've heard from uh, the Democrats when uh, Rand Paul uh, came down with the infection. And, you know, some people were saying uh, supporting the neighbor who almost, you know, who really tried, who assaulted him. Mm -hmm. So you know it is just you know again it's just another example of this twisted world but it just really speaks to the importance to have calm serious voices out there giving the American people the straight talk American people are smart they understand what's going on you give them the information and they'll be able to process it the right way but what we don't need is a lot of fear-mongering and politicization of this issue
0: yeah, a, uh, Dr. Tom Borelli is our uh, our guest uh, this half hour. We're going to come back to him. i got to get our first break in, Doc. People want their traffic, and they want their weather. They may, <laughs> I might, understand. They, they may not be driving to work today, but they want to know what the traffic's like. I'm going to tell you, the traffic is light compared to what it usually is. Let's go back, find out what the traffic is. Dr. Tom Borelli will be back with us when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's 46 degrees in Little Rock in Cabot, 4370. 17 minutes after 6 on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. Dr. Tom Borelli, is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show this morning. We've got just a few more moments with him. Let me ask uh, uh, Dr. Borelli this more of a political question than a medical question, although the medical side of it is important, and that is we found out over the last uh, few months uh, that the – uh, over in China, they're they're over there producing many of our uh, pharmaceuticals and the s- masks that the uh, the the healthcare workers have to work uh, work in and wear. And we're finding that that puts us at risk ourselves. Uh, are you of the opinion that the uh, the government needs to do something to make sure that that stuff is made back here in the United States and not overseas?
1: Yeah, I certainly think uh, something should be done. My first option is I think uh, corporate America should wake up, wake the hell up, and uh, ask themselves the question, where were they going for cheap lab- labor and putting ourselves at risk? And then if they don't act, I think then the government should should take a big step. I think one of the silver linings of this pandemic is really the recognition that President Trump's America First agenda was absolutely right. We're finding that Time and time again. Who knew <laughs> the vast majority of our antibiotics and other medications were being made in China? And by the way, China, who was responsible for this pandemic. That's so correct. I think, can't forget that point now. Um, so I, I think that's one of the silver linings is that when the economy comes back, it will, it may take some time, there's going to be a reawakening of why America needs to be first because we can't rely on anybody else.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, Dr. Fauci talked yesterday, talking, saying, well, social distancing measures encourage people to either stay home or when you need to go out in public, keeping a safe distance. Research by MIT suggests the proper safe distance is actually 27 feet, according to a factoid by USA Today. However, Dr. Fauci said, uh, of course, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, called the research terribly misleading. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, but I was disturbed by that report because that's misleading. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Dr. Borelli?
1: Yeah, I think that was just one study, and I think it was probably under lab conditions, you know, extreme lab conditions, so it's not a real-world uh, analysis. Uh, so, like any other study, I, you, know, you need to do many of them. But you need can't just read the headline. When you uh, get a degree, like I did a PhD in uh, biochemistry and molecular biology, what you realize is even in scientific papers you can't read just the uh, summary at the top. You need to learn how they did it and why they did it, and then you really can come to the real conclusion. But I'm with uh, Dr. Fauci on this side. I, I think that you know that was just one study, and I think it's it's a way outlier, probably some sort of Lab, lab situation that pointed out to the most extreme scenario, and I and I agree with what you said earlier in the segment. I think when the sun comes out, when the heat and humidity comes up, when people uh, want to be inside, the viruses are are not going to be uh, happy in that kind of environment.
0: Well, we know that respiratory viruses, when the humidity goes up and the heat goes up, they fall to the ground, they die. So I'm I'm assuming this. Coronavirus will be like other coronaviruses and and follow the same pattern. I know that's an assumption, but I think it's an assumption based on scientific fact.
1: Certainly, uh, based on, on past experience. Let's just hope that goes forward, and and I'm optimistic that it that it will operate like that.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Well, being a biochemist and being a doc having a doctorate in it i 'm sure that uh, you know you're you 're keeping your fingers crossed that this uh, coronavirus acts like every other coronavirus as well. Uh, I heard that they 're working uh, Johnson and Johnson evidently is leading the way right now uh, in a vaccine. Uh, let me throw up a scenario it 's hard to get Americans to go out and get a, a vaccination for the flu, and the flu kills thousands tens of thousands in in cases every year. Uh, Do you think the American public will be up for going out and getting a a flu shot for this particular flu?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. I I think when uh, this is like, uh, unfortunately, a mass education effort on the importance, A, of vaccines. We haven't heard a lot from the anti-vaccine contingent lately, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. So, no, I I believe it it really is a wake-up call because uh, you you certainly flu shots right now, and I don't even know if they cost anything. I go to CVS, they just give it to me. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and again, being trained in in microbiology, it isn't a vaccine I would not take. And for the record, I don't eat sushi, just for the record. (laughs)
0: Well, I will be – I'm glad to hear you talk about this. We talk about this all the time. Dr. Yamauchi is a doctor here locally that I have on who's got his doctorate in the same things that you do and has worked extensively with CDC and overseas and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, I believe in the herd mentality And it amazes me people will believe a woman who posed in Playboy before they'll believe a a doctor like you. It just amazes me.
1: Yeah, uh, there there is uh, that bell curve out there of, uh, <laughs> uh, of of intelligence and and belief systems, and you know one of the you know downsides of the you know the internet and social media is you can find something that supports your views, whether or not they're uh, sound or not, and then you feel reinforced. so and so feels like this too. But you know, well, over the days, uh, you know, rational thought and analysis wins out.
0: Well, you got a guy that you know did that that uh, study that was erroneous and had all kinds of uh, misleading facts in it for the lancet over in europe it's been disproven it's been you know beat up it it lies in the dust of history as a piece of crap and people still believe it
1: yeah that's the most uh really that's really it's really a tragedy because you wonder how many people how many really children were harmed because of uh, yes An example is, I believe that was science fraud at the time. I don't think there was any data behind it. They just made it up. But, you know, unfortunately... uh, we need to really focus really on what's important. Sometimes our our media focuses on things that are not as important. And um, hopefully, again, one of the silver linings of all of this is that people will be becoming m- more thoughtful in terms of the way they deal with really infectious diseases, because there's another emerging problem, not to uh, be a downer here on, on hump day, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of an- uh, microbes that are becoming antibiotic-resistant.
0: Yes, they are.
1: We, we live in a world where it's a competitive environment. Viruses and bacteria are always looking to survive and they have a way of mutating and changing where they then can become immune to our own antibiotics and that's something that we need really to do more research on and I think another silver lining out of this, I think there's going to be a whole breakthrough of new medical technologies coming out where we'll be able to deliver faster vaccines, better vaccines and antivirals. Antibiotics don't work on antivirals. On viruses. It doesn't work that way. There's a, we only have very few, relatively speaking, antiviral medi- medications. You know, first of them were led really with the AIDS epidemic, but there's some being tested now by a company called Gliad uh, Sciences. They have a uh, Antiviral called Remdesivir. They tried it on Ebola. It didn't work. It seems to have some preliminary positive results with the coronavirus. There's a company named Regeneron who has amazing technology. Wait for this one. They have genetically altered mice so they can make human antibodies against the coronavirus. Wow. And not not only is this going to benefit the coronavirus, it's really going to benefit the health of our society when it comes to cancer research and heart disease research, because a lot of these uh, techniques that they're learning could be applied to a host of other diseases. All right, Tom,
0: uh, Dr. Tom Borelli, thanks so much for the time. You've been a breath of fresh air, facts over fiction. I love it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You have a great day, doctor. You too, sir. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Dr. Tom Borelli joining us today here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show Giving you a lot of facts there. Hope that you take those to heart. They come up with the vaccine, get it. Stop believing in a whole bunch of bunk. As he said, science fraud was that study that everybody wants to mention to me on the air about, well, you know, autism for kids and all of that. I'm just telling you. Get your kids vaccinated. Get yourself vaccinated. The vaccine they give you for the flu is not alive. It's just pieces of dead, and it helps your body get ready for the flu. A break and the news. All right, so uh, just talking to Dr. Uh, Borelli, uh, we mentioned about this uh a uh, story in USA Today of one doctor who said, hey, the virus could travel 27 feet and stay in the air for hours, according to an MIT researcher. Now, I just read the headline on Drudge for that. Now, that's clickbait. I'm sorry. That's clickbait. They wanting you to click on that to, to read that story. That's how they try to get uh, their uh, viewers of the, the website uh, to go to these different stories. That is the sixth story on the front page of the Drudge Report, and you heard what it was uh, all about. It should have said something. Well, it wouldn't have the same clickbait. Fuchetti says MIT study flawed. You know, because he did. He stood up there talking about uh, what was going on and, uh, and and said the only way it's going to go that far, a sneeze like that, is if somebody really does a,
1: uh, 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 shoo,
0: you know, the really big sneeze that you see like on a movie or something like that, an over-the-top sneeze, then it might go that far. But you really would have to work at it. And uh, he put that study in place yesterday. That's why I always suggest that you watch uh, the, uh, the pressers that the president has every day. Uh, Democrats hate that I said that just because uh, they want you to pay attention to what they're saying and not to what the president is saying and, and what his, uh, the specialists on the task force is saying uh, about uh, the coronavirus. In fact, we've got a piece for you. This is uh, cut number two, the Fox News pandemic presser from yesterday. Uh, this is when the president got really serious and said, hey, we've got a couple of tough two weeks coming and you need to be prepared here's what uh, they had to say and i watched the doctors and the nurses walking into that hospital uh, this morning it's like military people going into battle going into war the bravery is incredible and i just have to take my hat I would take my hat. If I were wearing a hat, I'd rip that hat off so fast. And I would say you people are just uh, incredible.
3: President's Task Force warning tonight, Americans should brace themselves for a rough couple of weeks at least. But also tonight, some new data suggesting mitigation measures are slowing the pace of coronavirus infections. Tonight's experts to help us unpack today's news and to answer some of your questions, Fox News medical contributors, Dr. Jeanette Neshwat and Dr. Mark Siegel. Doctors, welcome back. Great to see you both. Hey, to see you. Hi, Shannon. Okay, I want to play a little bit of today's briefing, a little back and forth on the numbers, and then we'll get you guys to weigh in.
4: It started this sooner, we
5: might not have 100,000 to 200,000 Americans dying.
3: Until we have the antibody test, I can't really answer
0: that. Whenever you come out and say something like that, it always becomes almost a soundbite that gets taken out of context. If there was
6: covert infections here that we didn't know about
2: and we didn't mitigate then, that they would have made a difference. If there was virtually nothing there, then there's nothing to mitigate.
3: So, Dr. Siegel, the question was, could we have done better leading up to this? And I think the experts at the White House today want to focus on what we can do moving forward, saying there are just still so many unknowns. Dr. Siegel, what do you make of this prediction that the American death rate could be somewhere between 100 and 240,000 people if we continue to mitigate and do things Right.
7: It's based on a a prediction or a speculation or even a mathematical model which actually Dr. Fauci likes to stay away from. So I would say you know, it's a number that he initially said in reaction to a larger number and I don't think we know. I don't think we know what the numbers are going to be. We don't know what the effects of temperature changes are going to be. We don't know what the effects of mitigation strategies are going to be. But most importantly Shannon, we finally have the rapid tests we need coming out where we can identify quickly uh, on a point of care basis who has this separate them out from the community separate out their contacts hopefully even the antibody tests will come out where we can tell who's immune and who can go back into society that's the thing we needed all along and if we're going to learn anything from this that we should need we need that right out of the starting gate because as as those experts Mm -hmm. were saying we ended up with so many more cases than we knew about even now patients with very mild symptoms or no symptoms at all
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a high percentage of people that are asymptomatic, at least by the predictions that we have right now. Um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said, listen, any of these modelings they're doing, it all relies on data. And we can't necessarily um, wade through all of the disinformation that's out there and know who's giving us everything and who isn't when it comes to the data. Here's what he said.
2: When you hear doctors Fauci and Burks talk about risk, talk about uh, fatalities, trying to think about how to model, what they need is data. They need data from Italy, they need data from China, they need data from Iran. Uh, we need every country to step up and provide accurate, transparent information.
3: And Dr. Neshwan, if China is the genesis of this whole thing, um, they're the first to deal with it. um, But there are indications that we are not getting the full picture. Even they today admitted that they're going to be changing the way that they put out some of the numbers. Do you think we'll ever get the data we need to help us make more predictive, you know, accurate predictions and, uh, you know, for treatment purposes, too?
8: As far as accurate data from China, I don't think we can rely fully on it. But, you know, the numbers, the data, the models, we need this information to try to help us gauge where we are, where we're going, what the progress of what we're doing, um, you know, is that peak going to go shoot up so high? Can we, you know, kind of blunt that peak a little bit? But it's like Dr. Siegel said, w- there's so much we don't know. There's so much uncertainty. But we do have to have the most accurate, up-to-date, and a sufficient amount of data to try to determine where we're at, and uh, you try to minimize the spread of this virus. Absolutely. Okay, thank you guys for sticking around so we can
3: ask some viewer questions. They love uh, getting these experts uh, answers right to what they're wondering about. First of all, we have a video tweet question, question from Bruce.
4: What lessons have we learned so far to help us prevent or at least reduce this from ever happening again in the future?
3: Yeah, so Dr. Siegel, what lessons have we learned that we can apply moving forward?
7: Well, there's two words. Pandemic preparedness. We, we thought we had it. We had all this money put forth for something called BioShield. We were always thinking ahead for these things, but apparently we weren't prepared. And it's really a, a systems collapse for, on the entire healthcare system in the United States. And I'll tell you something that Dr. Fauci said to me when I interviewed him a few weeks ago. He wishes that we had proceeded on the vaccine that we were going to do for the other SARS virus back in 2003. They started a platform for that. And stopped it because the, the virus went away, right? But again, we needed some kind of advanced preparedness. We needed the healthcare system to be prepared. We needed the ventilators. We needed the beds. We needed an across the board preparation. And most importantly, we needed the ability to do rapid testing and not rely on cumbersome tests. That's really set us mm-hmm. back. Yeah, if we
3: can take those moving forward, very helpful. Okay, Janice tweets in, my daughter is four months pregnant in Colorado with shelter in place. Now she's a receptionist at a chiropractor office and they will not let her wear a mask or gloves. Is there any other way that she can protect herself from contracting it? Dr. Neshwag.
8: Sure, great question. So I think the most important thing is when you get to work, disinfect the countertops, your keyboard, your mouse pad, the telephones, the countertop. These are ways that you can pick up bacteria, virus, germs onto your fingers. And then make sure you're not rubbing your eyes, your nose, your face. Very important also, keep your hands washed and clean. And do the best you can to try to keep at least six feet between you and the patients checking in. I know that can be a little bit difficult, but do the best you can with that. And as a receptionist, you tend to maybe call the patient the day before to confirm their appointment. Perhaps, uh, you know, if you can get permission, ask them how they're feeling, any any symptoms, any fever, um, you know, any Exposure That way maybe you can plan, and, and if they're not feeling well, you can always reschedule that that appointment. But very important, take care of yourself, get plenty of rest, stay hydrated, and most important of everything, of all, is keep your hands washed and clean.
0: All right. So uh, some good information for you. Uh, we here at one oh one one FM, the answer, trying to give you as much factual information as we can and not just, uh, you know... One doctor says this, one doctor says that. What she was talking there about at, at the end of that segment, the doctor was talking about asking the the incoming patients, uh, you know, are they running a fever, things of that nature. Uh, let me just tell you, I got... Um, direct tv coming to my house today i've got a lord knows having social distancing and being uh, here at the house uh and i i don't get out i get out less than a lot of people for the simple reason that uh, i'm a type 2 diabetic and um, i'm having this deal going down right now with my immune system because i've got uh you know a uh a problem uh, with some germs and things of that nature. So I stay home. Uh, my my wife does all the grocery shopping and everything. I don't step forth into Walmart or, or into Kroger or anything like that. But AT&T uh, sent me a message last night, and I'll share that with you because you know my life is your life, so you get to hear what's going on in my life. And let's see where's that? Where'd I come? It came on my Outlook. Let's see, that's going to be an email. And let me get to it now. Bring it up. And uh, looking for it here. It never fails that when you want to get to something quickly, it won't give you the the, the help you out with that. Okay, here we go. AT&T. Where is it now? wish this was a a little easier. I'm scrolling, just so you'll know. I'm scrolling, 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 and looking for this. Uh, uh, AT&T sent this to me, and I'm making sure. Well, maybe, let me check real quick and see if that was a. Anyway, here's what it basically asks. Are you running a fever? Uh, Or have you been out of the country in the last two weeks? Uh, Do you have an infection? And asked it it was about four or five questions. And I could reply no to all of them. And at that point, they said, okay, we'll see you at the time that you were going to have one of their workers uh, come to your house. Uh, of course they 're taking the risk that you 're telling them the truth i mean i 'm not going to lie to them i 'll tell them the truth doesn 't uh, matter to me, but uh, they 'll be a buy to see me today because i 'm not running a fever and, and no problems at all at all In fact, I know that for a fact I was at the doctor yesterday but the bottom line is is that uh, companies can do this kind of stuff. I would think anybody who 's going to def- to to take out and deliver food or anything you'd want to have those types of uh, of answers to those types of questions uh before uh, you know you go see these people face to face or you'll say hey look i'm going to put it all down uh, you know they pay over the phone I'm going to put it down on your porch or in your garage, whatever it is. Fine. Tell me the place you want me to put it, and I'll deliver it, and then I'm going to to leave. For your protection and my protection, don't open the door until I've walked away and got back in my car. I mean, those are just things that you you got to take the precautions on. All right, Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 13 minutes till seven. We got your traffic. We got your weather coming your way. It's 46 degrees in Little Rock, and we've got more coming your way in a moment on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, and uh, I've got this piece. I've been wanting to play it, and I just can't find the right place to get it in. I will get it in today, and it's uh, the Minority Leader. Uh, Kevin McCarthy talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi, and I want you to hear about it. Uh, Don't forget, coming up uh, right after the news at the top of the hour, Congressman French Hill will join us by phone, and we will talk to him about the uh, coronavirus and things that are going on. He uh, released a press release yesterday. I was uh, sent that uh, early this morning, and, uh, of course, it came through the person who takes good care of me, keeping me up to date, and that's Elizabeth. And um, this is House Resolution 6399, the, quote, Securing America's Vaccines for Emergency Act. The bill amends the Defense Production Act to use its authority to ensure the availability of medical equipment by diversifying America's medical supply chain. We've all heard the stories about we've got a lot of our supply tra- uh, chain tied up in, in China, and that's not good because there were some people in China who were making some uh, some noise about withholding uh you know significant uh, uh, items uh, from us here in the united states Uh, and you know you don't want to give your enemy and make no doubt about it yeah we have a lot of trade with china and that's one of the great things about free trade is that it typically uh, helps uh, keep things uh, more peaceful But that doesn't mean that your enemy won't use that trade uh, against you. But anyway, what this does is it ensures the availability of medical equipment by diversifying America's medical supply chain, making the United States less dependent on foreign manufacturers like China. So we'll talk to uh, the congressman about that. Uh, We can talk to him about I'd like to talk to him a little bit about what's going on as far as uh, private industry getting involved and uh, ventilators being, you know, made by Ford and other people, and GM finally getting on the stick on that. If you if you have something you'd like to ask him, uh, Heidi's my producer. Uh, she can take a few calls from you. Uh, She'll write the uh, questions down and text them to me, and I'll make sure I ask them uh, during the time that I've got the congressman on. Just call 823-0965 and and talk to Heidi. She'll be the person that uh, handles uh, your call. And again, let me uh, highly uh, reiterate something that I always say. She is only a person who's doing her job to help me keep my show on the air uh, by making sure it comes through your radio and through your Facebook you give her any crap and uh I'll send out the hounds for you okay I just want you to know that she's such a nice uh, lady uh just tell her what your question is and uh, I'll get it on I'll get it on the air 8230965 5 if you got a question for uh, the congressman just to uh, give a call and, and tell Heidi what you what what you have, what's on your mind that you'd like to hear uh, the congressman talk about. And it's all zeroed in on the coronavirus. Nothing else. Coronavirus. That's it. If you want to ask about, uh, you know, the the money that you're spending, the two trillion dollars or whatever, uh, that's uh, fine and dandy. Uh, you can ask that as well. That's pertinent to the discussion. Uh, one of the things that came up uh, yesterday in an article I was reading was how uh, with the, uh, you know, debt spending we're doing. And a lot of this stuff is debt spending that's going on, that $2 trillion and stuff. You know, what kind of percentage are we looking at and things of that nature? Uh People are talking about the thing that people have to understand is that we are in on a war footing uh, with this particular virus uh, at this time. And uh, we've got to keep that in mind. And uh, percentage wise of, you know, how much debt we're talking about here uh, very well could be, uh, you know, the same way that. Uh, now, it was during uh, World War Two, So just just, uh, just say it, okay? Just letting you know about that. I'm looking real quickly if I can find that article. I put it over in an area uh, to bring up uh, to you. But I'm not picking up on that World War Two article uh, right now. So what can I tell you? It always happens this way. When I look... For what's going on, I never can find what it is that I'm looking for. It's just the way that it seems like it always happens. But don't believe every article that you see. That's the key. Don't believe you can believe every article that you see. It's on the Internet, folks. And it's like Dr. Borelli said in the last half hour, there's always somebody out there who is trying to uh, get some name recognition. So keep that, uh, you know, keep that in, in, in mind. All right, here is the market watch. It says the trillions of dollars Washington is spending to combat the COVID-19 epidemic are likely to push annual fiscal deficits relative to the size of the U.S. economy close. Not going to go past, not going to catch up with it to the levels last seen during World War II. Uh, President Trump last weekend signed the $2.2 trillion uh, bipartisan financial rescue package, but he and congressional leaders have already been talking about another huge spending bill to keep the economy on life support. Even before the coronavirus and crisis exploded, the U.S. was on track in fiscal 2020 to post a deficit of slightly over $1 trillion for the first time since 2012. That according to the most recent government estimate, current fiscal year runs from October 1 of 2019 up to September 30th. There's no telling just how high the uh, deficit will go. A new study by Morgan Stanley estimates that the deficit could total at least 3.7 trillion in calendar year 20 but that's something to keep in mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the uh, congressman about this a little bit, see what he has to say about it. Uh, I like the idea of what uh, the president's saying about helping the economy more by having an infrastructure bill as the phase four, so we can get this infrastructure taken care of. But you know, Pelosi and her minions are going to want all kinds of like, you know, abortion money and things of that nature. I'll be back after the news here at the top of the hour. day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. We're into the second hour, the Dave Ellswick Show. And the first hour was great with Dr. Uh, Borelli. And then uh, hearing from uh, Fox News as well, uh, in the second half hour, we gave you a whole lot of information in that first hour. We're going to give you a whole lot of information here in the second hour because uh, District 2 Congressman French Hill joins us on the Dave Ellswick Show. And, Congressman, right off the bat, I'd like you to talk about House Resolution 6399, uh, a definite resolution that we need uh, to, help, to help secure America's Vaccines for Emergencies or Save Act the bill amends the Defense Production Act to use its authority to ensure the availability of medical equipment by diversifying America's medical supply chain, making the United States less dependent on foreign manufacturers like China. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you and let you explain it all to everybody.
4: Well, Dave, this is a good morning. Thanks for having me. This is so important. I think this has been a wake-up call to the pandemic in so many ways, from technology to telecommunications to using remote uh, telemedicine and remote work. But one thing we've noticed is the dependency America has on foreign manufacturers for our pharmaceutical chain, supply chain, and our medical device supply chain. And I think it's shocking to people. And to me, it is a national security issue. So just like President Trump has uh, used the Defense Production Act to compel production by American manufacturing strength of ventilators, I propose in this bill, 6399, to amend the Defense Production Act and formally say that our medical supply chain is directly related to national security and that we should take steps to uh, routinely protect it, identify the supply chain, uh, make sure we have American manufacturing capacity for it, just like we do for defense material. Because we can't be dependent on our pharmaceutical ingredients and important strategic materials to be all offshore and our manufacturing offshore. Uh, And so I think this will be an important long-term fix for the gap that we have certainly learned about here in the last two months.
0: Well, I've been talking about, of course, uh, the coronavirus now for several weeks. And uh, interesting uh, story today from the AP, uh, the head of the Senate, McConnell, said impeachment diverted attention from the coronavirus. Uh, Your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, House is where it all started. uh, Were they so obsessed with it that they they let the ball fall through their hands on that? Hey, let's uh,
4: be very, very blunt here. The day Donald Trump was setting up the coronavirus task force in the White House was the day Nancy Pelosi was handing out her pins for the impeachment signing ceremony in the House. That tells you visually all you want. You can take a picture of Trump with his top advisors on trying to get ahead of the coronavirus threat from China, and put the picture on the other side of the screen of Pelosi passing out her custom pins for signing the impeachment resolution.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, that brings us into this really stark reality, does it not?
4: It does. And I mean, the World Health Organization on January 14th said, oh, coronavirus is isolated to China. Don't worry, it doesn't spread. So the Chinese were lying to the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization was telling the whole world a falsehood. But Donald Trump was setting up the task force and then two weeks later banned travel from Wuhan, China. And he was called a racist by Nancy Pelosi and all her colleagues. This is what frustrates me to death is they despise the president of the United States politically. And they just uh, uh, it colors everything they do. And it's so unhelpful.
0: Yeah, they're obsessed about about this president, for sure, uh, in a negative way. And uh, and they just let everything else drop. Uh, They don't deal with, it seems like to me, just about anything. I remember talking to you uh, last year about this and uh, you were beside yourself because nothing was getting done.
4: Right. I mean, you know, and and, and she had the audacity,
0: uh, Mrs. Pelosi, we're talking
4: about on the Sunday television shows to say that Donald Trump's delays were causing deaths while he was fiddling, just condescending. Well, who cost the week in getting the CARES Act passed? She did mm-hmm. by yeah. going to Washington a Sunday a week ago and blowing up the whole process that Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell had working in a bipartisan basis to produce a common-sense, enormous, uh, but common-sense approach to killing the virus and getting the economy back. And so I I just, the hypocrisy there last week, just... Stunned me, uh, and I'm, I'm not over it yet, as you can tell. Thank you for yeah. this
6: therapy, visit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're so welcome, Congressman. No problem whatsoever, because this is my show. is therapy for me because I get to say what I'm thinking about, and watching these idiots at times up in Washington do what they do, they just you know Maxine Waters and all the rest of them just drive me. Uh, nearly to insanity myself because of some of the things that they do. Let's talk about the third stimulus package uh, and, and how you feel about it, how it's going to affect Arkansas, because people want to know, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect our businesses? How is this going to affect our workers?
4: Well, let's take uh, families first. Uh, President Trump wanted to get a payment to every family in the country, uh, and so that was signed into law last Friday, and I think over the next – three weeks there should be a delivery of that money Uh, I think that's what we're all learning is it going to be direct deposit in your checking account that's connected to paying your taxes or is it going to be a check from the treasury department it's about $1,200 per adult $500 per child and uh, you don't have to have work last year I'd say the top call I've gotten is hey I'm retired I'm on social security do I still get this check the answer is yes The next thing is this uh, uh, economic preservation, payroll protection money for businesses, small businesses and big businesses, to try to keep people on the payroll. Try to keep the bills paid, the rent paid, the insurance premiums paid, so that when this virus passes over us over the next few weeks, we can get right back to work where we were without having incurred a lot of of, uh, burdensome debt. And so uh, that is going to roll out starting this Friday. The banks have a Small Business Administration 100% guarantee uh, on these liquidity loans that will be delivered to small businesses through the banks. So that will help people stay on the job. If you've been furloughed and you're off the job now, which we're all frustrated by, but it's a reality. 3.3 million people filed for unemployment last week, and I'm, I'm sure the number will be similar to that this week. We have uh, an enhanced unemployment benefit that goes through July of uh, $600 more per week. So somebody in Arkansas could be making between 700 and potentially $1,000 a week, depending on their job, for unemployment. to Again, get through this few weeks of the virus. Uh, There are many other things in this bill, but we're trying to help families. We're trying to help businesses stay open and stay, keep their employees intact. And we're trying to help those who, uh, unfortunately, if they are laid off, have some support.
0: You know, Congressman, a lot of people, the president included, have equated this whole thing dealing with the coronavirus to, uh, you know, fighting a war. And and I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of. uh, similarities in that of what to uh, that of what we're doing, and uh, there was a story that I was uh, mentioning to my listeners late in the last half hour of uh, deficit spending, and that it looks like we may have to do the same kind of deficit spending we did uh, during World War II. Do you see us having to go that high? <sighs> uh i'm i'm i'm
4: hoping no i'm hoping not i'm hoping that this uh unlike a sustained uh four-year global war that we fought in world war ii i'm hoping uh that this is an intensive brutal uh two-month war against the virus which is the weeks building up to the peak right and then the weeks building down from the peak and that it's a sharp decline, but we also get a sharp return of economic activity and public health uh, starting uh, this summer. In the meantime, our scientists are working on therapeutics that will keep people out of the hospital and and hopefully uh, uh, avoid the worst aspects of this disease, and then ultimately a vaccine that would be ready hopefully uh, over the next year so that we could be prepared for this in the future. This particular strain. So uh, I hope we don't have to spend that much money as a percentage of GDP. But yeah, two trillion dollars I... is a lot of money, and yes, you know it uh, it's it's and, and people should recognize this is money that's available to be spent, but might not be spent, and uh, that's what where our hope is this money is really geared towards this intensive effort, April, May, June, as we ride up the peak and then ride down uh, the few weeks of recovery after that peak. Uh, And, uh, but I think the analogy is a good analogy. It takes everyone starting in your home and your family, put your flag out, practice the CDC, safe distancing, uh, proper hygiene, uh, it's absolutely essential that we all do that over the next uh, few weeks.
0: Man, I have to—I can't agree with you more. Uh, everybody has to understand this is kind of a this is a patriotic endeavor at this time. Uh, this is uh, this virus is. Uh, doing a lot of damage uh, to our country but there's some things that we can do to mitigate even that and uh, we'll talk about it further when we come back got to get my break in here uh congressman we got to let people know about their traffic which there isn't a whole lot as well as their uh, weather so let's do that congressman french hill is our guest from the second district we got more with him when we return here on the dave Ellswick show 101.1 fm the answer All right, back with uh, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 22 minutes after 7 here in uh, Little Rock. It's 46 degrees, 43 out in Cabot, Conway's 43, Hot Springs at 46, Pine Bluff, hot spot in the uh, state right now at 47 degrees we're looking for mostly sunny skies and warm temperatures today your uh, high is going to be in the low 70s today you're going to be anywhere probably between 70 and 74 it's a pretty day outside and i can't wait for hot wa- uh, weather because uh, i think the hot weather will have a very positive effect on uh, mitigating uh, the coronavirus to be honest we talked to dr borelli about that in the first half hour of the show today and if you didn't hear it Go back uh, to our website, uh, you know, uh, 101.1 FM, uh, theanswer.com, or to the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page, and uh, you can listen to that. You should hear what he has to say in that first half hour. A lot of good stuff for us. Uh, Let's get back talking with the congressman, though. And uh, I know that McCarthy and and some other folks are – Uh, A little bit uh, concerned that they're already starting to talk about a Phase 4 bill. Uh, uh, Pelosi seems to be talking... Uh, about more of kind of the same that we saw in Phase 3, except that she's got with all of her liberal constituency, and uh, they want more money for Planned Parenthood and things of that nature, which has nothing to do with uh, coronavirus, while the president has indicated he might like to see an infrastructure uh, bill come out of that. Uh, your thoughts on all these different things you're starting to hear now, Congressman, even before Phase 3 has really been put into effect? Uh,
4: people in Washington just love to spend taxpayer money. That's just, it just uh, is unbelievable to me. Uh, we have not even seen the results of the money that we have worked so hard the last two weeks to assemble to get us through peak and over the weeks beyond peak and let's look back and see how that goes over the next three months between now and June let's assess where our economy is let's assess what we should be doing to fill any kind of gaps where we misjudged due to the unpredictable nature of this black swan uh, pandemic so I'm not in a rush to do phase four I'm not in a rush to start talking about it Uh, Nancy Pelosi wants all her Rich friends in the blue states like New York and California to get a tax break. That's the thing she surfaced yesterday. It's ridiculous. Uh, President Trump's desire to do a big infrastructure bill is something he's talked about since he got inaugurated, and the conditions have never been right uh, to do that. So I know that's something he wants done, and it's something he wants to do on a bipartisan basis. And so uh, we're getting ready to have a debate about the reauthorization of the federal highway program in 2020. And so I think the timing is good to talk about infrastructure again. But it gets back to what kind of infrastructure, who's going to pay for it, what's the purpose of it, what are the priorities, the usual questions, right? Yeah, sure. But this isn't – we don't need economic stimulus. We need public health cures. (laughs) and As soon as we stop the public health crisis, we'll get our economy in uh, back. So I keep telling people we don't need economic stimulus. We need economic preservation for our households Mm -hmm. and for our businesses to get through this public health crisis. So I think all that talk, in my personal opinion, is premature.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, The uh, part of our economy that's facing the biggest headwinds right now seems to be the energy uh, sector, (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, SP 500's dealing with energy uh, dropped 51% for the year to date. Uh, anything that you can think of uh, that can help them other than the oil market, the draining out a little bit to help push prices up?
4: Well, we have a, uh, we have a catastrophic situation of global demand has fallen to zero because of the pandemic. Uh, global production was at very high levels, and you have Russia and Saudi Arabia at a price war. There is no more perfect storm for the collapse of oil prices, and it's, uh, it's a terrible situation. And there, the people who work in America producing oil and gas and the transportation of it, the production of it, the pipelines connected to it, all are much more important to the economy than just having low oil prices. Plus, for a consumer today, low oil prices are great, but where are they going to go? So, this glut is uh, going to last for a while, and I'm very concerned about it. I think we should take advantage of the low oil prices to fill up the uh, petroleum reserve. Uh, That's something that we could be doing. That's something that we could enhance through congressional action beyond what the president has done. Uh, The president has sent Secretary Pompeo to uh, talk to Saudi Arabia. He has called the head of Saudi Arabia. He's called Putin and Russia, saying that this is uh, not good for the world's economy, because so much of the world's economy has so many hundreds of thousands of workers uh, that uh, produce uh, energy. So we're in a tough time, and it couldn't have come at a worse time, in my opinion, uh, but We had a telephone call yesterday with all the members uh, in Congress interested in energy to talk about uh, the diplomacy of it with Saudi Arabia and Russia, as well as what could we do economically here uh, to help our oil and gas producers in the way of uh, working with the banks, uh, working with the strategic oil preserve, even considering... um, uh, limiting any imported oil coming here and just using U.S. oil that we have in storage. So we had a wide-ranging call. It's a concern.
0: All right. Congressman French Hill, District 2, thanks for the time. You're always, uh, you know, uh, invited onto the show. You do this every week. We appreciate the time and the straight answers. Thank you, Congressman. You bet. All the best, Dave. Have a good week. All right. Talk to you later. Congressman French Hill. Here on the the Dave Ellswick show, some interesting answers to some pretty uh, serious questions. There, that last one was really serious from me. I mean, I know that we're all excited because I, you know, we filled up a gas yesterday here in the Ellswick household for a dollar thirty-six a gallon, and I'm hearing a word that they think that gasoline may go under a dollar a gallon. You might think that's great but it's not, and I'll tell you why when we come back. But right now, let's get to Rush Limbaugh on 101.1. Okay, we've got 25 uh, minutes until 8 o'clock, and if you're worried about the meltdown with the stock market, well, let me give you some good news, all right? You can use some good news, right? We've been getting a whole lot of not good news lately. Let me give you some not only good news, but great news. According to Forbes, this could be a huge opportunity right now to save big money, On taxes and retirement, you can learn how with a free tax reduction analysis by phone or video conference from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. Again, that's by phone or video conference. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to be in a room with anybody else. Just you you truly and uh, David uh doing your thing by technology. If you've saved more than $400,000, be one of the first 10 callers to uh schedule your free analysis now at 501-222-3315. A big drop in the stock market could be your window of opportunity to save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes over the course of your retirement. Learn how. Call 501-222-3315. That phone number one last time, 501-222-3315. Well, you may have been reading on Facebook and on uh, the uh, Internet about how the media has literally lit into Mike Lindell because he had the audacity the other day in the Rose Garden when he appeared with the uh, president on Monday, the same day that he spent some time with us on the Dave Ellswick show to uh, bring up the name of God uh, and uh, you know God's grace in uh, helping this country get through uh, this terrible time and uh, we talked to Mike on Monday uh, he talked about a lot of the same uh, things that uh, that uh, we have uh, that he talked about in the Rose Garden I thought you'd like to hear it again so here was my conversation on Monday with Mike Lindell of My Pillow, joining us uh from MyPillow.com. You've seen him on television. You've seen him on Fox. You've seen him all over the media. Mike Lindell joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Mike, it's a pleasure. Thank you for carving out uh, some time in a very, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, stressful time for yourself. Uh, I wanted to talk about how American industry uh, for the most part, has stepped up uh, we 'll talk about one of the companies that hasn 't stepped up and and uh, how mad that makes me but let 's talk about my pillow first. You guys are going to start making face masks. Is that correct? <laughs>
2: Yes, we started last week, about three weeks ago, when the president, you know, reached out for everybody to chip, you know, help out, and uh, so I started doing my due diligence, and it took a couple weeks to figure out which is the. I actually reached out to the vice presidents. They have a coalition where you can reach out and find out what's needed and what uh, what I could do, and I um, so I I, we we took two hundred thousand square feet of factory and turned it into uh uh for making face masks and we're putting uh, last week we start right out of the gate we were making over ten thousand and this week I hope to get up to fifty thousand a day Wow it's, uh, it's just great great to be able to help out we we were able to react very fast because the cloth ones match our um match what we do we have so we have the sewing machines and we we had to replace them uh spread them out so a like to make it safe for my employees too and and um, what i'm finding out is i'm hearing from all over the country now um, you know, different people that businesses that want to help out and they not, they want to know how, so I've become kind of an information center too, which is real nice. Uh, I'm actually going to I'm flying to Washington, D.C. today to meet with the president, vice president with some other companies that that helped out and we're, we're going to have a round table and see if they're what we've been hearing and what's going to work and so I'm excited that I was very blessed that I was invited to that today.
0: You know, Mike, this is what's impressive to me. You took a two hundred thousand square foot factory. Now let me say that for people to kind of picture that, uh if you add about fifty thousand extra square foot to the Walmart Supercenter in Cabot, you'd have about two hundred square feet. They took a factory that size and in three days you switched from making what you were making for my pillow into making these face masks, correct?
2: Yes, that's correct. And uh, and uh, I have a great, you know, it's great seeing my employees too. Everybody step up. Everybody wants to help, and we're we're in an anomaly in a time and uh, unprecedented, and everybody's got to do things that they that they um you know to help out, and we you know we got to get through this, and it's and it. Um, it was just uh, I was there the one day till midnight myself working um, we had some of them you know we have to launder them some of them we have to launder in these different specifications and and it was like uh, it's like running a, a, a big orchestra trying to you know to guide everyone let's okay you guys we'll move over here we'll do this over here and let's and uh, but by today now uh, I just called down there because now we're running tours we're going to run a third shift. we're running two right now we're we're expanding so we of how we can sp- expand the production just to add shifts and uh, I'm even adding I have three other companies that make stuff for my pillow like my made in the USA bed topper out of Massachusetts and uh, and I have some in South Carolina and uh, also in uh, Connecticut we have places and we they're switching over to today um, actually last Friday and so I'm gonna get as many uh, as many companies involved as I can personally
0: Yeah, bottom line for people People who are tuning in right now, this is Mike Lindell. He's from MyPillow. You see him all the time, MyPillow.com. We play his commercials here on the radio on our Salem station here in Little Rock. And, and Mike, something I didn't know until I read this story is that. You make these masks by hand. They're, they're not mechanized, so to speak. They've got to be made by hand. And you said you can only make 100 to 120 uh, during a regular shift. That, so the bottleneck is just pur- getting Purp- pur- people, you yeah. know, to do it
2: right. One person can sew about the, the best sewers we're finding are hitting around 120. Um, and we were when I say by hand, we were actually fortunate. We have a very expensive machine that does the computer cutting that cuts the patterns so we can, uh, the mass patterns, you know, we can switch it to do anything. So we were able to have, we have guys in-house that are experts at that. But once we have that, everything else is done by hand. And, and they're going to get, they will be they'll step it up and get it a little fast dry. Right? When I'm there, I'm so particular. It's like uh, every mask, I I want every mask to be as good as one I would use myself. And uh, and they have specifications, and and we're... uh, it's just uh we're video we videotaping today, I just uh for the you know for this is a historical time we're in and just to get uh whatever' we get through. I want everyone out there to have hope too I think uh what we showed before this happened when our great president and administration showed us where we could be with an economy, I think having that happen before this was a blessing, so I think everybody can see what can happen when when everything's are going great and and now with what's going on, um, you know, when we come out of this, it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different, but just like other things like after nine eleven, our country came out of that and we, we it became a safer country. We all uh, you know you know, you had airports, everybody stepped up uh, um making safe you know, making things safer. Back in the day there was Tylenol, there was a scare and and Tylenol um, got put in safety caps. I think it was in the eighties. So then every other yep. every other product got Safety. every other product got safety caps and it, be, it became a better world a safer world and I and that's what our president's going to make this the safest country in the planet when we get through this
0: well let, let's switch gears just a little bit from my pillow to something in general dealing with you know our whole deal with uh, talking private business talking capitalism capitalism has really stepped up here recently something that I think all Americans are learning and a lot of Americans didn't know, is that most of our pharmaceuticals are made over in China. Now, Tom Cotton, our, our junior senator here in Arkansas, has already put an, a bill into the Senate that he wants to see that move back overseas and here in the United States so that we can never be held hostage. Good idea as far as you're concerned?
2: Well, that's um, that's what the, it's exactly what the president's going to be doing. Um, he's been saying this since he's since even before he was elected. That we cannot, you know, we had when ninety some percent of all your medical supplies too is made over there. Um, right now, you know, look at when we were relying on gas for for decades, and now we're now we're the biggest producer, and we we don't have to be held hostage there either. But I, you know, this when we when we clear this, we will never be held hostage again. Right now, I just heard yesterday that uh, that China, they came back or something, and they have... they they might make it now where they're not gonna they're gonna keep a lot of the mass for themselves over there, and can you imagine now if they completely shut everybody out because it, you know um, it, we can this can never ever happen again. So if you're, we're gonna not only bring manufacturing back but also the the right manufacturing, or if we don't have, we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna have stockpiles now because we're gonna be we will never be caught like this again. Where this is uh, not only trying to get through it all but then, what, what's going to happen in the aftermath here, too?
0: Yeah, you know, Mike, it's one thing to. Uh you know, make uh, T-shirts. It's another thing to make, uh, you know, masks that protect protect uh, uh, healthcare workers from a, uh, a virus like the COVID-19. So we're going to really have to rethink this. And after listening to Boris Johnson yesterday over there in the UK, it sounds like to me that Western democracies and, of course, even some Eastern countries are starting to rethink how they view. Uh, the Chinese, not the people, the Chinese people work hard. We just played a piece from Steve Bannon that this is not about the Chinese people. This is about a communist government. And we've got to be very careful about them.
2: Absolutely. And, and you know, people are seeing through, uh, you know, when the president called it the China virus. what? Of course, that's what it is. They, you know, that's. Uh their government over there—the things that they hid, they hid in the beginning in January. I was watching a thing, a whole special on it last night that they were showing what they did, and then it came over there, and they, and they, uh, you know, they even hid that it spread person to person. And what, what shameful when you hold all the cards, you're going okay, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing that they, they didn't say before when we were doing that trade deal to say, you know what, if you don't, it, it, it's funny they didn't say well. We're never going to give you medical supplies unless you uh, yeah. um, give in, you know. And uh, I, it's a—I think the whole world is seeing what a stranglehold they had on everybody, and and uh, it's all going to change, you know. There's so many, like I said, so many good things will come out of this. Yes. And I think, you know, pe- people at home to pray and stay in the faith and spend time with your families now. Read your, read the Bible and and uh, and just. Uh, We be be blessed that we have an administration and a president in charge at at such a time as this.
0: Well, Mike, last question for you. Your thoughts about GM. GM has been asked by the president uh, to make uh, ventilators. They they really balked at it. And now he's told them they're going to have to make these general ventilators. Bad, bad. PR for them, considering Uh the American people bailed their butts out not more than a few years back.
2: Oh uh, yeah, well, that's shameful. I'll tell you what. Whoever made that decision, trying to argue for price or whatever, exactly that. I probably the worst PR move ever in history, and what? A, and that just shows that they there's still greed out there. And um, I, I couldn't believe it. I heard that. I go, Are you kidding me? Yep. And I thought the same thing. I go. I thought we bailed them out a few years ago. That's exactly what I thought. I go. Yeah. It's one thing to say, you know, give another reason, but the you know some crazy. Reason why you why you can't do it or don't feel you should do it, but boy oh boy, they, uh, when the po- American public bailed them out and they uh, and then they tried to pull this.
0: Well, you remember back then uh, they used to say GMC and say government made cars. Uh, here's the problem: is that uh, I'll be honest with you, they don't change their tune here pretty quick. I'll never buy another GM product. That's the way I'll be. There's there's plenty of competition out there
2: absolutely and people remember things like this in a crisis you know they're one of the things too you know people are seeing all the all the things you and when you have a crisis like this you see both the good and the bad bubble to the top and i think people now i'm so happy to hear our presidents uh i think it's over 60 percent his uh, popularity or how how they feel the job he's doing and i i sent the thing to him the other day one of my friends said uh he doesn't he doesn't like donald trump and and he's said Mike he said you know he says I'm not a big uh, President Donald Trump fan but he said he's doing such a good job in this crisis he said God bless him he said I think he's turning me and that's what people are seeing that what he you know having a common sense um, he takes in all the information and be able to make these great decisions and now to use them not only in a crisis but to set us up for the aftermath of the crisis and I Ike um, you know, I don't know what it all means, but uh, this is God's got us. This is, I believe, we're in the biggest revival uh, ever in history because uh, so many things we took for granted, and now, you know, now we uh, people are going to open their eyes and see. Well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe God, we should, uh, you know, t- take uh, bring God back to our schools and God back to our country and God back to our lives.
0: Now we'll see if that happens. But I will say this: the Bible is very clear uh, that uh, God takes whether it's good or bad and uses it for good so good things will come out of this i agree with you mike lindell thanks so much for the time mike you're a great american we appreciate your patriotism and what you've done with your company and thanks for being part of the dave ellswick show this morning
2: thanks for having me on god bless y'all mike lindell, All right, thank
0: you mike, mike lindell and uh, later on that day, he appeared in the Rose Garden with the president and brought up God and, and country and the Bible and things of that nature. And the left just tried to take him big time out to the woodshed. Uh, they never even mentioned that his company had retooled a whole 200,000 square foot factory to make uh, sur- surgical masks and masks for our uh Physicians to wear as they're treating people uh, with coronavirus, they should be ashamed of themselves because I'll tell you what, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles and we've, uh, we've moved a long way away from them. We need to move a long way towards them. Uh, Again, you know, at PI Roofing, uh, their only goal is to properly care for every customer, whether they're past, present, or future. In difficult times like what we're going through right now, uh, they want you to know don't let your roof be your concern. Uh, let PI Roofing take care of that for you, and you'll have one less worry uh, that you have to have uh, at this time. You can contact them today at 707-3551, by phone, Five that's 707-3551, or uh, go on, on their uh, website, com. Let them know that I told you to call And with today's technology, PI Roofing is able to offer state-of-the-art video communication to keep everybody safe. Uh, They're turning this crisis into an opportunity by coming up with new ways to connect with uh, you, their customer, to help you solve those problems you need solved. Don't let your roof be a concern. Whatever it is, just contact PI Roofing, and they'll do their very best for you. Again. Contact them at 501-707-3551 or online, piroofing.com. Traffic weather up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll finish up this half hour. And the car guys, of course, that's uh, Joe and Duck. They'll be with us after the news at the top of the hour. All right, we've got uh, about three minutes left to the news at the top of the hour. Coming up in the final hour of a Wednesday show, hump day, middle of weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday show. Uh, Doc and. Uh And Joe will join us by phone, take your car questions. Uh, We'll talk uh, several different things. Don't forget that the Bumper to Bumper car show has been canceled. It will not happen this year. And uh, uh, I'm sorry to hear that we've had to make that decision because uh, the money that we raised from the car show we used to uh, help as far as... uh, Ronald McDonald House and uh, any dollars that they can get are welcome dollars and uh, we gave them several thousands of dollars every uh, year. Weather for the rest of today uh, mostly sunny skies warm temperatures look for a high depending on where you're at between 70 and 74 degrees tomorrow some sun in the morning then cloudy and uh, a high of 73. Friday, mostly cloudy, and some rain moves back into the forecast. A possible scattered thunderstorm uh, with a high of 73. Your weekend shaping up to be kind of a mixed bag. Uh, It's going to be cloudy skies, some stray uh, thunderstorms, and the high temperature is going to be in the mid-60s to the low 70s. Right now, uh, Little Rock is still... Now, if I'm correct here, let me make sure uh, we're still in the uh, the 46 degree mark. I'm bringing it up real quickly here and make sure 45. In fact, we've dropped a degree. Conway uh, is sitting at 42. Cabot at uh, 42 degrees. Pine Bluffs at 46. And Hot Springs is at 43. Uh, Degree, so that's the way it's looking across the area. When we come back, Joe and Duck joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you got a car question for him, it's 501-823-0965. More of the Dave Ellswick Show in a minute here on one zero one one FM. The Answer. Got off the phone with Doyle Webb, the uh, chairman of the state Republican Party. He will join us tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour, 7 o'clock hour. Jack Kingston, congressman from Georgia, will be with us at about five minutes after 7. And to get us underway tomorrow, J.R. Davis will be with us from Gilmore Group. And uh, we'll talk with him about how the, uh, uh, you know, coronavirus uh, playing out. Uh, in news locally, how that's going to affect elections here uh, in November as well. So that's, you know, how is it going to affect Republicans, Democrats, that kind of thing. We'll talk about uh, that tomorrow as well. But here in the last hour the Dave Ellswick Show brought to you uh, by Bumper to Bumper is none other than uh, Joe and, of course... uh, uh, duck they they come in every wednesday and not coming in today we, we're we doing our social distancing stuff today so guys welcome uh, to the show and how you guys uh, hanging up let's uh, hanging up and hanging out let's ask duck first bring us up to date where you're at duck uh thanks it's been just
6: moving along dave i got people you know that that call in and say hey we need to drop my car off or my truck off and You know, don't want to talk to nobody. Don't want to see nobody. We just been handling over the phone. They drop the truck off during the night and put the key in the drop box, and then you know we go from there the next day. But uh, it's been not near as busy as it was. But I mean, we still got enough. I got all my employees still working.
0: Okay. You know, can't really complain. What about you, Joe? How's it uh, going over at uh, Joe's Garage?
5: Well, it's slower than normal, but we're still there, and uh, we want everybody to know that, you know, the all the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers are open, and, uh, you know, we we cut an hour off our workday, so we're closing at 5 instead of 6, and, you know, we're keeping the counters clean, and you can uh, call in and drop your car off and do the key drop and pick it up, and you'll never see a human being, so if you're worried about the virus, we're taking all precautions we can there at the shop, and... uh be happy to help you if you need something. I have noticed that uh, some of the folks that have been in and uh, done had some issues, and we've checked it for them, they're kind of a little bit tighter with their money now because of the uncertainty about what's going on out there. So,
2: hmm
0: And I can understand but, that. <coughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, a,
5: it's a little bit different world, you know, from what it used to be, but uh, I think we're going to make it through it, all right?
0: Uh, James sent me a, a message, uh, a, me- a message on my uh, messenger from Facebook, saying, "Not sure if you check your messages during your show, Dave, but well, I do check my messages since I'm answering your question right now." Anyway, you could give a shout a shout out on the fleet mechanics working hard to keep those oh so important trucks. From big rigs to the utility companies on the road, allowing them to service the needs of the American people. I don't want them to go unrecognized uh, during these times, and I would agree with that. That's why I have uh, Joe and Duck on here on my show as well on a weekly basis to help you uh, keep your car, keep your truck, keep your diesel Uh, your gas burner all running efficiently, especially in times like this. Sooner or later, this is going to be over. I'm hoping sooner and not later, and a lot of people are going to end up going back to work, and you want to make sure that you have uh, your means of transportation in tip-top shape, guys.
5: Yeah, it'd it'd be bad to go back to work for the first day after this and break down and have some problems, so be a good idea while you're off at least get it checked out and 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 make sure that it's going to get you to and from work when you're ready for it you know
6: yeah another okay. thing too joe i've had a bunch of my uh you know customers commercial customers you know that does tree work and does stuff like that you know they brought trucks yesterday the tree company did said hey while we're down can you shut you know service all of our trucks go over and fix this and, you know repair this and repair that so a lot of people are, are are thinking about that, and they are going ahead and getting it done. But then, a lot of people says, "Hey, you know, call me before you do anything big. To make sure I got the money to pay it."
2: Yeah, that's
5: uh, that's kind of uh, what I've experienced a little bit too. I've got some fleet accounts, and you know, James was wanting to shout out for those guys. They do a great job. There are several uh, companies around town that's all they live off of is fleet accounts, and uh, you know, you, you got to make sure that the the fleet runs. Because that's what moves America. So you know it, uh, it's very important to do that. Uh, I've got some fleet accounts that are like state and stuff like that that are shut down right now, and they're on skeletons crew, So we're not seeing a lot of those vehicles right now because there's nobody driving them, and they're down to uh, you know the emergency staff. So it's, kinda gotta, yeah,
0: it's kind lot. of got basically they're sitting in the
5: parking lot. Two ways there, you know.
0: Yeah, let me let me jump in and ask that question. Both of you can answer this, but let's start with Duck since he works on diesels a lot. And are are you seeing uh, problems for for drivers of of diesels? What are some problems they're running into, Duck?
6: Well, right now the the biggest problem they're running into right now is exhaust system on Dave. That's the that's the biggest problem that that I'm having. Probably forty percent of my business now is exhaust on big trucks. And it can range anywhere from $5,000 to fix it up to $20,000 to repair them. And um, when they go completely down in the exhaust system, it gets very expensive to fix it. And a lot of people right now, you know, they're parking them, not driving them if, if they got exhaust problems. And I can't say that I blame them because, you know, when you start spending five to $10,000 to $20,000, it hurts quickly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you do it, and and that's some of the problems that we're seeing right now in exhaust, and not only on the big trucks' the exhaust, but on the diesel pickups. I've got one in there right now with the with the filter stopped up on it, and the only way you can repair it is replace it. But guess what, Dave? They're on national
0: back order again. Okay, so. Let me ask you both this question. How do you keep that from happening? What's preemptive maintenance that you should be doing? Because I I can't believe you should be letting these things stop up. You should be doing some things along the line to keep servicing uh, these systems, and some of these uh, drivers aren't doing so. So what should they be doing? The
6: biggest thing they need to be doing is don't let it sit and run idle. And don't run it around town every day. If you run around town every day, go get on the interstate and drive it 20 miles on the interstate above 55 mile an hour. Once it reaches 55 mile an hour for one mile, it goes into an automatic reach-in. But a lot of people, they'll run to the store and back home and park it, Dave, and that kills it. That absolutely just
0: kills it. So it's going to clog up faster if you do that then? Yes. And not only
6: not only the exhaust is going to clog up, and then it's going to stick to turbo, so then you got to pull the turbo and clean the turbo. Plus you got to fix the exhaust. And and when it does that, then it gets you know it could run up to the ten thousand dollar mark without any trouble. To, you know just to get it back up and going again. Mm-hmm. And that's what I I I talk to people all the day that on diesel pickups don't let them sit and run idle. You know if you get out and go in the grocery store, turn them off. Where a lot of people used to. 20 years ago, Dave, the deal was if you own a decent pickup, don't ever turn it off once you start it in the morning. Well, we've had to retrain ourselves to cut it off just like you do a regular gas burner when you go into the store.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm-hmm. And it's hard to
6: get it. people to understand that. To cut the key off when you go in because you're saving yourself a lot of trouble. But if you get okay. up and go to the grocery store and come back, the problem is the exhaust never heats up to burn the stuff off of it. Those okay, exhaust so, can get up to twenty six hundred degrees.
0: All right. So you're are you saying to do that every day or every other day once or a week, once a week? Go get on the interstate and
6: drive it. If you don't, if you run around town, you know, like four or five miles from your house every day, you need to drive it on the interstate at least once a week, twenty miles.
0: And get it over what speed? Fifty five miles an hour. Over fifty five and let it regen.
6: Yeah, you have to stay above 55 and then go into regen, and then it, you'll see it puffed a little white-looking cloud of smoke out it, so you know it just got through ginning.
0: So the bottom line, you're saying to keep it from all blocking up, that's something you must do, correct? Yes. All right.
7: Good because words it to live up, by. It gets really
0: expensive. Good words to live by. Are you talking to your, uh, your fit people that drive diesels, uh, Joe, about this as well?
5: Oh, yeah. I've got some uh, fleet accounts, uh, you know, city accounts and stuff like that. And that is a big problem because the the drivers of these vehicles, they'll, in the wintertime, if they're out on the side of the road doing a sewer line or whatever or digging a ditch, they're going to let that thing sit there and run so it's warm inside. And in the summertime, they're letting it idle so it'll stay cool inside. And that's where the particulate filter gets stopped up from just constantly idling. so.
0: All right, words it, to the wise. The battle,
5: for sure, you know.
0: All right, and, words. And another thing, too, Dave. Words, yeah, quickly. You pull
6: it up and look at it on a computer, and it'll tell you face place plugging. And when it's got
0: that in there, you have to replace it. You can't do nothing with it. You can't, right. you can't carry it and get it burnt off. You're hearing words to the wise here from uh, Joe and Duck. Combined uh, experience over a hundred years working on, you know, cars and diesels and diesel pickups and gas pickups. And uh, we'll continue talking to them here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But first, we've got to get your traffic and your weather. Let's do that. Then back with uh, Joe and Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show 101.1 FM the answer. All right, Joe and Doc are with us today on the Dave Ellswick Show, as they are on every hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, Wednesdays, (coughs) closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And uh, they're here today. And guys, I got a question for you. This is a 2003 Ford E-150 uh, base model, six-cylinder, 4.2 liter. Here's what uh, uh, Jeremiah has to say. He says, I had to park my truck for a few months While I went and took care of personal business, the truck ran fine when I got back. While away, though, someone stole my starter and my solenoid from the firewall off the truck. Replaced both, the truck started fine. Upon cleaning up, my numbskull nephew, his words, not mine, my numbskull nephew, somehow broke the post off the solenoid. I replaced that, and now the truck won't start or crank checked and tested all relays and fuses and all lights they come on no problem just in case of draining i've charged the battery all night and uh, it took a good charge last night i tested that the battery is holding 13.2 volts help what's wrong here well i've been a more loose on the starter
5: well, either that or that solenoid is not wired up right, or when he broke the post off, he uh, shorted it, and there's a fuse link going to that uh, starter solenoid. Yes, it, and and I'm going to tell you, most likely the 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 wires going to that solenoid are on, not on properly. Could be on the wrong side, any different number of things there, but I'm sure it's an installation issue. What do you think, Doug?
6: I think so too. I think he's he's got a wire missing or one crossed up or something. Uh, because if it started before and all he did replace the solenoid, there's something in the wiring.
5: And it's, pro- it's most likely that's where they've been working, so it's going to be right there in that area. It's going to be a man-made issue.
6: Yeah, and like you say, Joe, it could be the fusible link of burnt burning too. And a lot of times they'll burn inside and don't burn all the way through. Uh, you can't you see know, it. The best thing they do is check and see if he's got 12 volts going to the solenoid. And make sure when he turns and hits the key in the start position, he's got an exciter wire coming from the ignition. Yeah. And if he's got that, he needs to put a different solenoid on it.
0: Okay. Should you put his tongue on it to see if he's got any kind of electricity? <laughs> put a test light on it or...
6: <laughs> yeah, he can do that, too.
0: Well, let me tell you what. He put his lung, uh, tongue on it, and it's working. He won't need a light. He's going to see the light. <laughs> <laughs>
7: That's
0: what's going to happen. All right. So 2011 Nissan Maxima SV, six-cylinder, 3.5. Here's somebody who's doing it right. Jay is asking about preventive maintenance. Oftentimes, crank the car up uh, Let it run sometimes for 30 minutes and stop. Then sometimes it wants, uh, it it says, then sometimes it won't, it says want, but I'm sure it won't come on at all. Recently, it seized up and I had to get another one. Same problem, but this one never came on at all. Talking about a compressor. Uh, Yesterday, I purchased a new battery compressor coming on every time I hit the button, but woke up this morning and nothing, any clue where I can start to solve the problem? Again, this is a why was my compressor coming on when it got ready, and then just quit coming on? So I eventually purchased a new one.
5: Well, there's a lot of switches on that that make. The, I mean, the manual switches as far as inside the vehicle when you turn the AC on, that's a manual switch. It works off a of relay. It. it Tells a compressor relay to come on But then it's got a low pressure switch For low refrigerants Got a high pressure switch for high pressure So I'm going to be looking in areas Of whether or not one of those switches Or if it has actually leaked a freon Out and it's low on freon Is the reason the compressor won't come on.
6: Yeah me too It's going to be into a switch somewhere okay. He's going to have a switch somewhere That's
0: not working right Okay And
5: so it's just not turn it on. Well, you know, when you turn it on, there's a lot of things that happen. You push the button to turn the AC on. That doesn't turn the AC on. It makes a request, and it goes over to a HVAC module, and then it it tells the ECM, the computer, car computer, that you're requesting the AC, because when it turns the AC on with the relay, it does some other things. It adjusts the idle for it. It knows the AC's on. It's also got... uh, to run the cooling fans when the AC pressure gets up to a certain amount, it's going to turn those electric fans on to keep the head pressure down. So you got a lot of things working there other than just pushing the button. But if it's not coming on, one of those systems or switches is not getting a proper signal or the right data for it to turn it on. It's missing something. <coughs> it's the best way to explain that, I guess, Dave.
6: Okay. Yeah, and the best right. way to do it, too, is put it on a computer and look at it and see if it's commanding everything it's supposed to command. And if it does, then, you know, you got got other problems. But you can look at it with a computer and hit command and tell you what's going on.
0: Yeah, not a computer at one of these parts places, a computer like at a bumper-to-bumper certified service yes. center.
6: Yeah, you got to go to somewhere and let somebody look at
0: the information. Go ahead, Joe. Now, with
5: a real scanner, you can check a refrigerant level without hooking any gauges to it because it will it, give you a pressure, low side and high side, what the pressure is. If you have zero on both them, it's empty of free arms, so
0: Okay, and now's the time to do it. Things are a little bit slow. You can probably get right in line and get it taken care of, right, guys? Yes.
5: Oh, absolutely. All, now, right. all the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers are open, and we're we're ready to go to work. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of places are slower than normal, so I don't think there'll be any weight at all. You'd probably get right in, get out, get it took care of.
0: All right. With that in mind, let's talk about bumper-to-bumper. We've got about uh, a minute and a half here. Uh, during these times with, uh, you know, people staying home and stuff like that, uh, has bumper-to-bumper changed some things for you guys to make the, their movement of parts more efficient for you?
5: Well, I think that they're doing everything they can to make sure that, that we have the parts readily available. And they're wide open, too, as far as delivery and, 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 you know, having the part in stock. They're doing everything they can to make sure that we've got the parts and, and availability to them and get them as soon as possible, just like normal. They've probably stepped up a little bit as far as uh, you would call delivery times. There's less traffic out there. That makes their job a little bit easier. Uh, but they're a... Uh, An essential part of our business, and you know we've all been designated as uh, necessary for this uh, problem we're going through with the uh, COVID nineteen. So,
0: all right, guys, we're doing a fantastic job. So, all right, we got to get to the uh, the news. Let's do that. In fact, uh, let's see. I know I got another minute here. I'll take that back. I cut you off there, Joe. You were going to say during this this time.
5: Yeah, you know they, everybody's doing their part. Especially all them guys over at Bumper to Bumper. They've been very helpful, and and uh, I know that Duck's probably got the same thing going on down there at, at, at Evans and, and, and Benton. And uh, Duck, are you, have you seen an increase in uh, uh, delivery times down there a little bit?
6: Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it picked up some. Uh, they but they're still you know. I'm in a smaller town, so uh, the delivery service has always been good for me from Dickey. I mean, they always take super good care of me, you know, and uh, the delivery girls he's got, they, you know, they come in, set stuff off, and then, you know, they're gone again. But but Bumper to Bumper has stepped up and took care of us in other ways, you know, as far as just calling and checking, are you okay, you know, do y'all need anything, or, you know, stuff like that, which, you know, it makes a big difference when we're trying to run a business, too.
0: All right, got to jump in. We got to get to uh, uh, Sean Hannity. He's got some things to, to share with folks on his uh, Hannity's Minute that's coming up, and then when we get done, uh, we'll pay a few bills, and then we'll rejoin Joe and Duck right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to 101.1 FM, The Answer. You know, guys, I don't know uh, which hour goes the fastest on my show, the hour I have you on or the hour that the Bible guys are on. These two hours just fly by. We're into the last 24 minutes of the Dave Ellswick Show for Wednesday. Joe and Duck are here. They're bumper-to-bumper certified service centers. Uh, they're offering their advice to you free of charge, no no charge to you. Now, if you ask them a question that they're going to have to test your car, they'll tell you bring it in and get a test, and they can set you up for that. But uh, other than that, uh, they're going to say, well, over the many years I've been a mechanic, this is what usually has happened. So I've got a question for you guys from Trevor. Has a 2010 Dodge Avenger RT Four-cylinder, 2.4. He says, uh, recently when I go to start it, the lights on the dash are on. The lights work as soon as I turn the key, though. All power goes off. No lights, no mileage. I have to unplug the battery, wait a few seconds, then plug it back in. Uh, then it'll start. I replaced the battery, but it kept doing this. I know it has power because, like I said, I unplugged the battery, wait 15 seconds, plug it back in, and la the car will start up. Any ideas?
5: Well, yeah, me and Duck are probably going to be on the same page with this one. It's going to be a totally integrated power module most likely, right, Dave?
6: Most likely. Most likely what they it's going to be. have a lot of
5: trouble with it. Go ahead.
6: Hello? Yeah, it's going to be a power module.
5: Yeah, it, it they've had a lot of trouble with those. They uh internally they uh they have a circuit board in them. And a lot of times uh it has an internal fault, it'll shut down. You take the voltage away from it and hook it back up. If the next time it's got it makes a good connection in there and doesn't see anything, it'll go ahead and let the electronics work because when you turn that ignition switch, that ignition switch don't start that car. It goes to that module and, that, and makes a request for the in, for the starter to crank and so on and so on. So I'd be looking in that uh, totally integrated power module where the problem is probably at.
6: And it's very expensive.
0: Oh, is it really?
6: Yeah. The last one I bought was about a grand for a Dodge
0: pickup. Wow. All right. Then it's got to be programmed. <laughs> well, everything's got to be programmed anymore. I mean, you guys got to go yep. in there and, and make it so it can talk to every other module in the car. Yep, it has to get yeah, turned on.
5: Yeah, it's got to be initialized and set up for that vehicle. It kind of, you know, they they. it's generally for the same year, make, and model. It's the same module, but each car has got different what you would call electronics on it. Some of them have this, some of them have a GPS, some of them don't. But all that stuff's got to be set up by the VIN number and all that, so when you replace it, you can't just go out there and plug it up and bolt it on and say it'll work. It's, it, it might work some of the stuff, but not all the stuff, because you got to get it set up and programmed for that specific vehicle by the VIN number. Wow. Yeah,
6: John. some of them come empty. You've got to put everything in them.
5: That's right. you got to tell it what it's got.
0: That's you got to install
6: all the equipment in it.
0: That just sounds crazy to me. It sounds like, you know, in making these moves to make cars smarter, uh, they may have made them dumber along the way as well.
5: Well, look at it like this, Dave. If you wouldn't go down to Best Buy and you buy you a new computer and you take it home, if it doesn't have an operating system in it, it doesn't do very much, does it? No, no. That 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 uh, totally integrated power module on that car, it comes blank too because you've got to tell it. And put an operating system in it that matches that VIN number for that vehicle. And it's a lot of those are set up to where once you put that VIN number in them, you can't take that module off, used, and put it on another vehicle because it won't work because you get one shot to put that VIN in.
0: Yes,
6: one shot, one time use.
5: That's it. Wow. And it's specifically for that vehicle. <laughs> So
0: you got to pay remember. for that information, right? Oh yes, yeah, sir. you got to
5: buy, download, and and, and and you know, flash is what you got to do, and then set it up. So
0: crazy, <clears throat> crazy. All right, got a two thousand Volkswagen Golf base model, four cylinder, two liter engine. It says hi, and this is uh, Claire. Does anyone know how I can disconnect the alarm on my X Reg Golf? The remote function on my key no longer works, and so if I unlock my car and open any other door other than the driver's side, the alarm goes off, and I can switch it off again. Having tirelessly looked online, there doesn't appear to be a fuse, which is disappointing. Thanks. I would really appreciate your help on this. It's driving me nuts. What would you tell Claire, guys? What
5: I would tell her was get the key fixed.
0: <laughs> That's what I was fixing to say.
5: You know, but but most cars, like, like she says, if she unlocks it manually with the key on the driver's door, if she puts the key in there, turns it to lock, and then turns it to unlock and opens that door, she should be able to sit down in it, start the car, and then enter the vehicle from all other doors without the alarm going off because that driver's door... Uh, lock cylinder has got a manual reset on it because they put that in there so if the remote goes bad you can still get in the car with the key manually and turn the alarm off
6: Hmm. and another thing too joe i wonder if she got a check engine light on
5: well she might have i mean there's a lot of things that come into play with this yes but she knows the remote on the key don't work buy a new remote and have it programmed for the car, then then, then she has eliminated her problem because you cannot remove the alarm system from that vehicle.
0: No, it's integrated in everything. Yeah, everything,
5: you're not going to change it.
0: Everything talks to it, and it talks to everything else.
5: Yes, That's what basically.
0: All right. All right, we got uh, about 13 minutes to top of the hour. Let me get one more question in before we go to our break. This is a 2002 Jeep Liberty Sport. It's got a six-cylinder, 3.7-liter engine. Uh, okay, so here's my situation. I have a bad oil leak. That leak oil right on the right side header where it connects to the exhaust. So it caused a fire. and When it caught fire, all of the ro- wiring in the vehicle under the hood was melted together. Well... I rebuilt the main wiring harness, hooked everything up, got nothing. I knew nothing about the ASD relay at that point, time. Well, I figured the computer was fried, so I went to the junkyard, got both computers, one that's on the left-hand side, the one that's on the right-hand side, plugged everything up, still had nothing. I took the ASD relayed out and jumped it with a wire, I could hear my fuel pump kick in, but I'm still not getting any spark or any fire. Uh, Can you give me any leads on this? Please help me with this.
5: Yeah, we got a lot of leads. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When wires melt together, Dave, when wires melt together and the battery's hooked up, it puts hots to ground and grounds to hots. And the magic smoke leaves. And if he went to the salvage yard and bought those PCM and, the, and, and those modules used, they were not going to work on that vehicle. And like we said a minute ago, some of these modules, you can't change the VIN number in them. They're one-time use only. And so he's got a, he's got a world of, of pain there, I promise you. What should have happened was probably had, if it was a fire, he should have called his insurance company. Because there's a good chance that they might have totaled that vehicle. What do you think, Bob? Oh,
6: I'm sure they'd have totaled it if it got on fire, Joe. But it's like you yeah. say, you, the modules he went and bought, they probably worked the car that he got them off of, but they won't work his car. They won't work at Jeep because Jeep is one of those that's got a one time use only, you know, until it goes back to the factory where they can. They're the only one that can take the VIN number out, out of it the factory. And so the only let way they can do you- that is send it in.
0: Quick, let me ask this. Is the reason they did that to, to, to stop chop shops from sealing your car and taking your parts? Is that why they did that?
5: I must, I'm going to assume that's probably part of it. But the, the the VIN number in there is, you know, when, like the 17-digit the VIN we have today, it mm-hmm. tells everybody, the manufacturer, exactly how that car was equipped whether it had power windows, power door locks, air conditioning, power steering, power seats. It tells it everything it's got option-wise in that VIN. And so when these modules go on, it has to know everything that's on that car so it can communicate and help that vehicle respond to any manual switches and controls. You, you, you push a button to roll a left window down, that button don't roll the window down. It goes to a module, and the module, you're making a request to roll that window down. So all these modules, and even when you put one module in there, even if you buy one that's uh, remanufactured and the gateway's open and no VIN in it, or you buy one new and you put it in there, we have to enter the VIN in there for that vehicle and then program it and set it up according to what all the options are on that vehicle. And so if you just pull one off the shelf that or, or was in a wrecked vehicle and you take it out and you go over and plug it in this other one, it's not going to start that vehicle. Most likely, i give you a 99% chance it's not going to run it.
6: Wow. Well, it's, it's kind of like these new radios, Joe, in these vehicles. You know, people steal the radio. Well, the minute mm-hmm. you take the power away from them, they're locked. And you cannot unlock it. You know, no way except going to General Motors or coming to me to Youth, you know, but then, then we got to figure out how to unlock it. But you know, the problem is General Motors won't unlock a radio for you no more. It's kind of like making you a key. They won't make you a key no more unless you got the title in hand or, the you know, showing who proved the vehicle quality. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah the All right. We get them occasionally used and uh, install them, and then, you know, you have got to get the ID number off the back of it and then go in there and, and enter the new VIN so it'll talk to that car. So.
0: All right. We need to take a break, and then we'll come back and finish up. Got a couple of calls locally. Uh, people left your questions. I'll tell you what they are. You guys can answer them. They seem to be pretty straightforward. That's all coming, uh, our way with Joe and Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 1011 FM, the answer. All right, final uh, segment of today's show. Nine minutes left. Joe and Duck are with us. Had some local callers uh, uh, call in and talk to Heidi. She uh, uh, has written her questions down and got them to me. Uh, Joe and Duck, here we go. Jeff is from North Little Rock, and he's got a 2007 Expedition. Does Joe or Duck do rear wheel alignment? If not, who would they recommend who does a great job?
5: Well, I, the, the the expedition doesn't have any adjustments back there on the rear wheels, so uh, my front end machine can check and see if it's out. But if it's out of alignment, there is either a uh, something bent, broke, or wore out, or something of that nature, Dave. It's there is no adjustments back there to set it, so it's factory set with the frame.
0: So, okay, so you you you're you're. You're in a tough situation. Sure, to know
5: why he thinks the rear ends out of alignment. That's what I'd like to know.
0: Okay, so if you're if he's listening, which I'm sure mm-hmm. that he is, uh, Jeff, call Joe's garage and talk to Joe. What's the phone number he should call? Joe
5: seven five three four six eight five. Okay, and if he would really, he just needs to call and set up a time to bring it in. Let us put it on my machine. My machine will take a picture of everything that's coming, and we, we can look at it and see if it's out. And if it's out, we can tell him what's wrong with it, and we can go from there.
0: All right.
6: Yeah, and if it's out, Joe, it could be a bent frame. It, like you say, it could be a bushing going out and letting it run sideways or something. You know, yeah, well, it could be
5: a broke you know, alignment, you set up on all four wheels, so you're going to be able to get the front and the back.
6: Yeah, it's going to tell you what's going on back there.
0: All right, we got Gary from Little Rock. He's got a Jeep Commander. Whenever he hits a bump in the road, there's a loud noise like a grinding sound, and his car goes out of gear. He's already replaced his shocks and springs and most of his suspension, but the problem keeps happening. Of course, you're guessing not testing, and that's what you told Joe and Duck could tell you is your mistake. I'll let uh, let them tell it to you so it doesn't sound like I'm just being a, a smart butt. Well, Go, ahead. If he hit, Go ahead, guys.
5: If he hits a bump and it knocks it out of gear and there's a grinding noise, I'm going to say that he's probably got some mounts with an issue. What do you think, Duck? I think he's got a transmission mount bad. And when he hits the yeah. bump,
6: that's the grinding noise. Is when he rides down and bumps the frame, that's the grinding noise he's probably hearing. It's probably hitting the far wall. I mean, hitting the the shifter. And then when it does, it k- kicks it out of gear. But, but I mean, I think that he's got some motor mounts or yeah, he's got some motor mounts bad or transmission mount or something in that neighborhood bad.
5: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And the only other thing I could think of is if. If for some reason that, that, you know, he was uh, a fluid level because you can get a loss, it'd take out of gear if you come to a stop abruptly or accelerate hard. It could go into neutral just from the fluid level being low. Uh, There's two or three things there that need to be looked at. But, you know, without seeing the vehicle, it's going to be very hard for us to to, – tell him what's going on. He just needs to bring it by and let us uh, do a road test on it and then do an inspection is what I think we probably need to do. What do you think, Doug?
6: Mind there, I think so, too. I think he needs to come visit. We'll go for a ride with him. We can figure it out. It'll take a few mm-hmm. minutes to figure it, but we can figure it out.
0: All right. But, no, there. there's your answer, man. This is one of those when you, you've got to let the guys – get an up-close look at it, and, uh, and help you out to figure out what the problem is. All right? They, they yeah, probably have they got things pretty well figured out, but, you know, they want to be, just like I said, they want to test so they know what is wrong because they fix cars at bumper-to-bumper certified service centers.
5: Yeah, you have you, certain things that go wrong with automobiles, Dave, that is actually hands-on. Be be able to see it, feel it, hear it, and you take those three things together to decide where you need to be at so you can save time, and time is money for the customer to, to get a good diagnosis. And you know, when we test, we don't guess, and you're exactly right, Dave, we don't work on cars and trucks, we
0: fix cars and trucks. And that's right. That's, uh... And another
6: thing, too, Joe, he's done replaced the shocks and the front end and all that stuff. Yeah. So that pretty well eliminates all that.
5: Yeah, as long as they were installed properly and they were the right stuff. Exactly. Another thing yeah. we would be looking at, too, with a hands-on look at it, okay?
6: Yeah, to make sure everything was put back in place. I had a a guy put a, a – he raised his Jeep up. He come in, he said, this, yeah. this thing is squirrely going down the road. You can't keep it in between the ditches. Well, I got to look, and He never tightened nothing up.
0: <laughs> oh, All, no. You
6: know, it, he just snugged stuff up, and, you know, so we went through and tightened everything, and I said, now you need to take and get a front end. I'm, well, I didn't change the front end. Yes, you did. When you jacked it up, you oh. changed everything
0: in it. So yeah, that's changed.
6: right. I tell you,
1: the instructions.
0: Vehicle. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that for sure. All right, we're out of time. Duck, give everybody your phone number down in the Benton area that might need to stop in and talk to you. What's the number to call?
6: 501-778-2886. Ask to speak to Russell or Blake or, or Ashley, and they'll take care of you. And If I'm around, I'll answer the phone too. Just give us a call. We'll do anything you need to be done right now.
0: All right. And, Joe, over on Crystal Hills, uh, uh, you are available for business. What's the phone number there?
5: Uh, 501-753-4685. All right. And uh, just call and talk to Steph. She'll set you up an appointment. And if I'm there, I'll get on the phone with you. If not, you talk to Dennis or Crippen, and we'll get you set up to get in there and get you took care of.
0: And you're all taken care of. All right. I'll see you, hopefully, later this week, Joe, get my oil changed and get my tires rotated. That's got to be done. And I'll talk to both of you come uh, next uh, Wednesday. Appreciate your time, okay. and I know our listeners do. We'll talk to you then. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Joe and Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show from your local bumper-to-bumper certified uh, work centers. Uh, J.R. Davis to get us off the way from the Gilmore Group tomorrow. He'll start us off at 6 o'clock hour. 7 o'clock hour, Congressman Jack Kingston from Georgia will join us. And in the final hour, Doyle Webb, uh, the chairman of the uh, Arkansas Republican Party. There is some uh, scuttlebutt going around that maybe the two major parties will not have conventions this year. I think it's a little young uh, you know, early to call that yet, because it hasn't even really got hot, and I think the heat's going to kill this virus, knock it down significantly. We'll talk about that tomorrow with Doyle Webb in the final hour. Until then, you have a great day. I will talk to you again at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Thank you, Heidi. Did a great job. You keep everything, get the wheels on the road. We appreciate you. More of the Dave Ellsworth Show tomorrow, 6 a.m.